May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. So reading the lessons for this week, I don't know about you, but I have to wonder where the good news is today for you and for me. Um, today's lessons are, they're just, they're just awful. <laughs> they're stories of hardship and suffering and pain and loss. And we're reminded that all things must pass and are finite and mortal. As for what you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. And the disciples want to know when, when will the stones come tumbling down? They thought when the temple was destroyed, it would be the end of their world. And Jesus is in Jerusalem knowing full well that he is about to collide with the authorities and his time on this earth was coming to an end. He tells the disciples that the stones will come tumbling down. He's not trying to be cruel. He's simply telling them the truth, that the things of this world will not last, that even the temple, a place of holiness and beauty, will become a ruin. And what occurred to me as I read this gospel lesson that you could take Jesus' words from 2,000 years ago and compare it to what's happening in our world today. Nations will rise against nations. Yep. There'll be great earthquakes. Yes. In various places there will be famines and plagues. Yes to those too. Dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. Does ferocious storms and wildfires count? So yes to that. They will arrest you and they will persecute you. Maybe that's not happening right here, but it is happening in places like China and in Russia and Central America and many other places across the globe. And you can't read this passage without also looking to the past. Christian history began with saints and martyrs who were burned at the stake or fed to the lions for their beliefs. So this passage not only looks forward, it looks backward to the many times that Christians have thought that their world was coming to an end, and it didn't. And we read a text like this and we wonder well, maybe I wonder, that we should begin stockpiling food or building ourselves a bunker. And I grew up in an era, and I know there's some of you out there that are the same, where your family stockpiled canned goods and, and what have you in your house, and your neighbors were building bomb shelters, all in the event of a nuclear holocaust. Only Jesus doesn't recommend that course of action to us. Beware you are not led astray, for many will say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. Do not be terrified. And we wonder, 
Where is God in all of this? Why shouldn't we be afraid? We're living in a world that seems at times to be in incredibly deep distress and broken. And we may read the signs of these times as the absence of God. Though according to Luke, these are not signs of God's absence, but signs of God's sure and present, certain presence. Luke is telling us that these things will happen, but that we are not to lose heart. We are to hold on to each other. God never promised that we would avoid all the troubles of this world. What he promised is that he would be with us and would lead us through. So today, we hear this apocalyptic vision. And for most of us, our ideas of the apocalypse is straight out of the movies, or the Left Behind series, or Revelations with its four horsemen. But in fact, the word apocalypse means something quite different in Greek. It means to uncover or to be revealing something that is hidden. Jesus is inviting the disciples to look beyond the grandeur of the building and recognize that God cannot be bound by bricks and mortar. God exceeds every building, every government, every statement, symbol, or plans that we create in his name. That's the invitation for us today, too. Like the disciples, we are being asked to see God at work in the world, even, even in those times when the world seems the bleakest and the stones are tumbling around us. We look around and we read the news and there's war and corruption and we have crisis on our borders and the gap between the rich and the poor is widening. And we wonder and we worry, is this the end? But there's Jesus standing right in the center of this story, teaching us how to live even when the walls are tumbling down. And following Jesus hasn't changed that much in the last 2,000 years. We're still being asked to testify to our trust in God, even in the midst of circumstances that test our confidence and our hope. We are called to be witnesses to the marvelous things that God has done. The psalmist sings, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Regardless of how some days it, it just may not look that way. We are called to go out those great doors into the world to testify to God's work in the world. Jesus believed that real life is right now. He was talking about a transformation of the world we're living in right here and right now. A world that he spoke to as he began his ministry. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to release the oppressed. Jesus was not talking about endings. He was talking about beginnings. A new heaven and a new earth. The kingdom of God right here in our midst. Right here, right now. A world where together we work for justice for all of God's children. As I wrote the sermon, I couldn't help but remember the fire that gutted this cathedral on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night so many years ago. Many of us waiting outside as the flames raged, not knowing if the building would be standing in the morning. For many of us, we thought that our life as we knew it would end that night as this beloved sacred space went up in fire. We held on to each other because holding on to each other was all we knew how to do. And it was how we kept God close to us that night. And he was there assuring us and strengthening us. And then God set his table right out there, right on that labyrinth, the Sunday after the fire, granting us a vision of the kingdom of God, a vision that welcomed everyone, our neighbors and even our enemies, right there in the midst of all of the mess from the fire with the smell of smoke lingering in the air. And we knew absolutely that God had been with us all along. And we know that he is still right here with us today. The church, this church, rose out of the ashes, a new beginning. A church whose people know absolutely that things are finite and may not last, but that the love of God is endless and enduring. We knew then, and we know now, what our call is as people of God. To love one another as we are so loved. Living into that call as people of God. We are called to act as witnesses to God's incredible love that surrounds each and every one of us by how we care for each other, the least, the lost, and the lonely, those who are hungry or in prison, And perhaps that's what the good news is for us today. That even as the fire raged, even when the stones are tumbling down around us, these are not the sign of endings, but of new beginnings, a new heaven and a new earth. God is still at work in the world. God is with us right here and right now, asking us to partner with him in repairing the world that he loves so much and brought into being. The temple is destroyed. Not one stone left on the other. The Roman Empire will collapse into history. But God's love endures for each of us, for you and for me, everyone, everywhere, whatever their race, their religion, or gender. And that promise is not diminished by time or earthquakes or wars or famine, or fires, or whatever may come our way. 
We just need to hold on tight to each other, knowing that we are surrounded by his love, and God will lead us through. Amen.